0: No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too – There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. There's good blokes, then there's good blokes. This guy, he's one of them. Different from the stereotype too. There's so much to like so much to learn too but who is ben hannett
1: i think i found out who i was when i was about 15 16 years of age and okay. who i am ben hannett is um i'm a I'm a God-fearing person. Yep. I'm, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, number one. Yeah, that, that's a big part of who I am. Yeah. And, and People always think I'm a footy player, father. First thing, I'm, what makes me who I am is I've done a lot of research, done a lot of study, mm. and um, from that I've, I've had that feeling inside of what, what, who I am and I know that there's a big man upstairs looking down and wants the best for me. Mm. And so straight away I know that there's a certain potential I want to live up to be and that's what's helped make me... Yeah, you know, the, the NRL player that yeah. I was, the radio announcer I am now, but also makes me the husband I am, also yep. makes me the father I am. And I always the big thing people think of religious, i oh, is a religious person, but the big thing for me religion is, is number one is treat people how I'd like to be treated. The big thing that makes me who I am is treat others how I'd love to be treated. Love be kind, be, be, be generous, look after people. If someone needs a hand up, you mm. help them up. You don't have to always give them a hand up, you help them up, you help them, up, you help them out, do yep. all the different things. If you're in that situation, how would you like to be treat, treated? Mm. Look at people at, their, at what potential they could become, mm. is another way of putting it. So, yeah, the, the big thing is treat people like, they like to be treated. But the second thing with religion for who I am is I just hold myself accountable. So I make mistakes every single day. It doesn't okay. mean I make excuses and, you know, or whatever it may be. But the big thing for me is owning up to those mistakes and try and be better. Learn from them, make them right. Yep. So when you do something wrong, make it right. And 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 move on. once once you've been forgiven of you forgive and forget when you have uh, disagreements with others or with yourself, or whatever it may be, when you do the wrong things and, and you move on. So constantly in life who I the person I am is someone that tries to treat people I like to be treated. Yep. And secondly, I make mistakes every day. I try and write those mistakes. So that's if I was perfect I wouldn't go to church. That's yeah. the big thing for me. So that makes me who I am. But the big thing that makes me the most happy is, is being a father of eight kids, a husband to my amazing wife, Emma, yep. who I don't deserve. She's incredible. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and the, the small group of friends I have around me is, um, you know, life is great. I, 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 I'm so lucky. I, I'm so blessed with what I've got. Love the positivity.
0: You're one of 11 kids. You and your lovely wife, Emma, are proud parents to eight kids, a couple of them with developmental issues. You thought rugby league was busy fatherhood, parenthood, extremely busy, you'd
1: be nonstop. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous, Sam. And it's crazy. The more kids, when we had one child, we thought, how the hell are we going to keep up with this? Yeah. And two child, two kids, that the house was, was messy and chaotic. Yep. But it's funny, the more you have, the more you find you can do more it's it just I don't know how it is you learn and grow it's just like your footy when you start off as an under 7 yeah. you probably can't spiral pass you probably don't know how to step or draw and pass whatever it may be but the more you work at something and more effort you put in something the more those things become easy they become second nature it's your yeah. bread and butter and same thing as being a parent the more the more I've done the more I've learned the more I've been able to do and so has my wife it's been incredible like I remember her pulling her hair out with two kids. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's crazy. Yep. It's chaotic. Did you yeah. always have eight in mind? No, we always started with one. We only wanted one and then yeah. it, one was great. And then said, how about two? And then yeah. how about three? And it just, to me, my wealth in life is my family. It's yep. Money will come and go. Um, fame will come and go. Yeah. It doesn't bother. But to me, when I'm going to be on my deathbed, I'm going to have my eight beautiful kids around yep. me with their kids and grandkids. And to me, I'll be the richest man in the world. And then that's, that's my goal and dream in life is to create these eight human beings to be better than me in society and whatever they do as work, better husbands, better father than me. And that motivates me. That gets me excited about every day I wake up. It's not about me making money or how many houses I own. It's actually yep. I put all my focus into these kids to make them better than me. And when I see my kids achieve something, I find mm. it hard not tearing up. It brings so much joy in my heart. Yeah. And, you know, I get that warm, fuzzy feeling like I can't believe that, you know, that. This is a part, a small part of me is in them.
0: Love it. Your childhood was spent on the Gold Coast where you've returned to. Tell us about growing up in such a large family and about your parents, I ask, because good parents and good parenting creates good kids that mature into good adults. And that's been you the entire time I've known you. Always polite, always respectful, always engaging, a firm handshake and a smile.
1: Yeah, that's because I get a clipper out in the ears from the parents if I wasn't. I, yeah. I brought up with fantastic parents. And, you know, it's it was one of those rules where you got one warning and that was it. And then yeah. you, you knew about it, which which was great because it was a great little correction path for me. But most people don't know about my upbringing. I grew up in Madrabar on the Gold Coast. My parents used to have a successful cleaning business here on the Gold Coast. But when I was about eight years of age, they lost everything in the recession we had to have under um, was it Paul Keating? Paul Keating? Paul Keating back in the day. So we lost everything. Instead of declaring bankrupt and keeping some stuff on the side, dad paid everyone and we lost everything. The houses, the cars, everything. Jeez. And we literally lived in a tent in the next door neighbor's yard. Mum and mum and my dad wow. still to be honest with you right now, my dad's my dad's never recovered. He's never got back in the workforce properly. Yep. It's it's you know, he lived at my house for fifteen years, mum and dad, and you know, it, it really, you know, he's really, really struggled with it. But Growing up, so when we lost everything, um, I was a young kid, and then you know I was, I was a chubby kid. All the hand-me-down stuff. I had we had we had essentially nothing. So I don't come from any wealth or money, or yep. you know someone pumping me up to think I'm I'm something that I'm not. Yep. So. Once we lost everything, we had to borrow someone's ute to get around. We used to lie down in the back of the ute on a mattress with a tarp over the back so no one could see us. It was so embarrassing going to school and church. You'd piling in and out of cars, you know, out of the back of a ute. Yeah. The ute barely started, so you'd be push-starting it as well, uh, you know, jump-starting wow. it. And as that, that sort of – I was really shy, quiet sort of kid. Yeah. You know, I, felt, I started to feel sorry for myself for, a, you know, a big chunk of that first year when this went down and um, – from that we moved into like a two bedroom um like a duplex sort of place. It was in the back in the rang on the gold coast, which With is a 13 rough. Area. Of you. Oh there's a couple of older ones that had moved oh, out, God, but yeah. most was in there, but we were crammed in. There's two rooms, there's a girl's room and a boys' room. I was so high up the bunk. Me and my little brother, we had to squeeze between three bunks up in the roof. No air con in this place, sweating our rings out through wow. summer. The next door neighbor was a convict, just got out of jail. Another one was about to go in the other like it's that rough sort of yep. area. And um you know, we, we, we did it quite quite tough. I felt started feeling sorry for myself, like this the system sucks and poor yep. old me. But I had that moment as a young kid. Mum and Dad told me we couldn't play footy anymore because we couldn't afford it. Yeah. So I had a whole year where I didn't get to play for the Bar Redbacks, which which crippled me. I was devastated because I love rugby league so much. Yep. So I was devastated. And as I'm hearing the stories at school, my mates scoring tries and how good time they're mm. having the footy, I just like I've, I want this back really really bad. So what I did. Is I thought stuff it. I'm going to take this matters into my own hand. I'm going to start door knocking. So I lived we um, lived in Mud when uh, rang and Mudroba around that area. That's where yep. we grew in school at Mudroba. So I started door knocking. So I door knock, mow lawns, weed gardens, um, wash cars for five bucks, two bucks, whatever it was. Every day I had after school, I'd go do this, which got me enough money to be able to pay for my sign on for the Redbacks and and some some books for school wow. to help mum and dad out. Cause obviously that, you know, there's 10 other kids that mum and dad are trying yeah. to support. And then, you know, obviously we're only on the dull, which wasn't the best situation. Mm. Wasn't much coming in. And I didn't have boots. So I used to borrow boots from lost property. Just, just borrow boots and borrow, steal them. Yeah. They, they'd give them back when they broke, you know, and put them straight <laughs> yeah. back, you know, doing it tough as a young kid. And, because I think because I did that as a young kid, that made me appreciate rugby league. I didn't just do it because my parents wanted to do it. I loved the game. Yeah, I was so grateful for every moment I was out there, and I, I desperately wanted to be a footy player. I wasn't no, I was very good. They never made a rep team until I was like under 17. So, wow. But I was lucky enough that when I was 16, I made the Broncos development squad, which Ryan Bennett was yep. coaching. So they have a young squad of about 30-odd players from southeast Queensland. Sam Thaiday was there. Neville Costigan was there uh, and Wayne Bennett was the coach. We got, it was the first time I actually got brand new gear. Footy, they gave us a track suit, a training shirt, training shorts and all the gear, which like, mate, I thought, look at me. For I'm a 16 year old. Yeah. Like, cause it was a, I was in a year nine comp. I'm born 31st of December, last day of the year. So I got kept down cause obviously I didn't know my yep. ABCs or whatever it was. So I was in year nine, supposed to be in year 10. Yep. So I was a little bit older. Normally I'm playing against blokes nearly 12 months older than me, but I was actually playing against kids my age or a little bit younger than me. So I stood out a little bit. So that's how I made this squad. And I thought, how good's this? I'm in this squad. First thing Wayne Bennett walks in the room when we're in this camp. We're at one of St. Lucia or somewhere in Brisbane, one of those campsites where we do like a five-day camp. um, First thing he said to the whole group was, boys don't get comfortable. Out of this group here, only one of you will make it to the NRL legends i hope you're
0: enjoying this edition of andy raymond unfiltered would you like to be part of the team our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions personal appearances voice recordings and more the opportunities are limited only by your imagination you set the terms Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we can cater to businesses both big and small will work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au.
1: First thing Wayne, Wayne Bennett said to the group, I looked around that room and went, holy crap. Yep. It ain't me. It ain't me that's going to make it. I can see semi-thigh day, Neville Koskin, all these different guys who were dominating junior footy yeah. in the Brisbane area. I'm a Skullcast kid, never done weights, never really trained, had proper training, coaching yep. or anything like that. And we started doing all these different tests for, through that week. They, you know They, they want to find out which is the best kids, so who are they yeah. going to put on scholarship and that sort of stuff. And they did like speed, agility, fitness, tackling, weights, all these different tests. And I was at the back end of all these tests. And yeah. i you know, compared to everyone else. And I, I honestly thought that, yeah, you know, as a young kid, you're like footies and doesn't look like this. This this dream's gonna come true yep. for me. It's obviously not for me, I'm gonna have to start thinking what else what else can I do. And I came to the end of the camp and there was something that Wayne Bennett said to me that changed my life forever. And I'll share it with you, Andy. This thing that changed me forever, this this one phrase, and he repeated this phrase to me, changed my life, everything, not just as a footy players, as a father, as a husband, and everything I do in life. And Wayne probably doesn't even know he's, he had this much of an impact on yeah. me. He said, boys, there's no one better than you, but you're no better than anyone else. And he goes, I'll repeat that. There's no one better than you, but you're no better than anyone else. I was i remember thinking, what, what, what is this big, tall, long-necked bloke talking about? Yeah. I went back to my dorm. I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking, there's no one better than you, but you're no better than anyone else. And it came early hours in the morning. I had that moment, that light bulb moment where I'm like, I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. I could be better than any of these 30 blokes. I can be the best. But and Every one of these blokes have the same opportunity. What are they willing to do? What am I willing to do? And what, will I, what am I willing to sacrifice? Yep. Anything worthwhile in life's never comes easy. Mm. You gotta give up something to get something. So yep. I, I knew that they might be be fitter than me. Yeah. Twice as fit as me. Well, guess what? I'm gonna have to do three times the amount of training. Not with when they do it, I'm gonna do this on my own. Yeah. Separate. I need to find a way to get better than them. If I want to be better than them, I have to do the work. Love it. It's saying at church, faith without works is dead. Everyone believes and wants everything. Yes. But aren't willing to do the work. Everyone mm. wants it to just immediately happen. Mm. But it's not gonna immediately happen. You've got to do the things that make it up. And, and so that moment for me, I started, hang on, I looked around me those blokes that were dominating in that camp mm. and the space of 12 months, so I was 16 years old, space of 12, never made a rep team in my life. I started applying the to I started doing 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups every day. I was running 5K nearly every single day. Outside of what, I wouldn't just do what the coaches were telling me to do. This is stuff I do on the outside, extra, because everyone else was doing what the coach was doing. Yep. I needed to be better just to get to their level, if yep. not better. And so I started doing that. And within 12 months, I made the Queensland under-17. T- I made the possible problems. I yeah. made the worst team in the, the the possibles. Yep. But I played really well in that trial match, and I ended up making the Queensland under-17. So I got to play before State of Origin against the Mickey Waymans, the um, Sonny Bill Williams was the back row. Right. Yeah. Hoffman, um, Tom Leroy Lars, Ashton Sims, all those guys were the big dominant players at mm. those at the, my year. And I remember just pinch myself. I'm running out in front of – it was down it was down in Sydney. It was yeah. Back when the stadium was really big, there was 100 and something thousand people. I recall the it. Yeah. It was unbelievable. We got, got our pants pulled down because yeah. they beat us. But for me, like that all came about because I started to believe. And, and yeah. anyone that's listening to me right now, this doesn't just apply for footy players. It's just everything you do. Any situation, any job situation you want to be, if you want to reach, you want to be the best, you can do that. You can achieve it. But mm. everyone else has that same opportunity. You've got to think to yourself, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? How hard are you going to work? If you're willing to do more than anyone else, you can achieve anything. And that's that's the mantra I've taken into whatever I do in life as a father, the work I do on, there on the radio, if it's boxing, mm. uh, the way the way that I'm as a husband as well.
0: Well, I'm sitting here trying to conduct an interview and I'm thinking about what you're talking about and thinking how it a- applies to me and, and your positivity is uh, and your outlook is, is fabulous. Again, no surprise. In terms of football, five stints at four clubs. Let's go back to the beginning, 2005, game one with the Sydney Roosters from the
1: Interchange bench. What stands out? Nothing. Don't remember it. I was so nervous. So, like, I look back at the moment. I remember we played, played the Tigers and we got beat. I was so nervous. Didn't want to let down the boys, all that sort of stuff. I yep. was freaking out. Like, I'm not strong enough. I'm... I'm not a big fighter. I'm not this big tough front where I'm yep. playing the tough position on the field. I remember the whole time I had nothing but doubt in my head, constantly thinking I'm not good enough. And wow. just just because that's just I think we all go through that at times yeah. as players or in life, people second guessing yourself. I was Self a young kid, and you know, I look around me. I had like Adrian Morley, I had Rickardson. I had uh, Fitzgibbon, Minocello, all these
0: Taylors yeah. Um,
1: yeah, all these great players around me. I'm like, wow. How am I here? How's mm-hmm. this? And Ricky Stewart was, you know, a tough coach, yeah. and, you know, different different breed of person that I was. You know, I got brought up and I don't, I don't swear, even, you know. And
0: Ricky and, can't complete a sentence with No, exactly. Well,
1: most line. NRL coaches can't. Yeah. And I, to be honest, my first two years in the NRL, I didn't hear a word my coaches said. All I could hear was the swear words they're saying. Because in my house, I grew up with there was zero swearing, none. So the swear words, I'd be like Wayne would say Wayne Bennett would say something. Ricky, I'd be oh, he just yeah. swore again. He just said the <laughs> F word. He said the C word. There's another C word. I start counting him in, in videos. Yes. Just like I wouldn't understand what they're saying because yeah. it, was, it was a whole new world to me. I had to learn foreign. to switch it off. Yeah. So, but then, you know, looking back at the time, you don't I would swear like, now. No, I don't swear at all. No. no, no, I don't want my kids to, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, I just think that there's other ways to do it. There's plenty of other words you can use, and that's yep. that's why I got brought up and. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm happy with who I am. Hopefully my kids will be the same. It's their own. I've got no problem with people do it. But yep. um, for me, it's just not – you do you, I do me. You
0: mentioned some of the names in that Roosters side and coaching staff of 05. Who would you learn the most from? About being a first grader but about being a young man away from first grade?
1: I was so shy I barely spoke to too many the the people of my age who I was speaking to Yassir Soliola the Semi Parrots, they were great even though they were the same age they were great role models as well I looked at Semi Semi Parrot to this day I am so honoured he was my roommate when I was at the Roosters we lived together in the same house and Sia was just across the corridor at the, the Roosters Flats And they, I probably never spoke to them, but I looked up to them every single day. I lived with them, and and they made me want to be better, and you know, don't be full of myself, and you know, you know, there's plenty of times myself I had to pull myself down a peg, Mm. but yeah, they were great examples to me, and they're the blokes I learnt a lot from. Not just you know the way that they were conducting themselves on the field, but off the field. that's probably more I look at players is what they do off the field and how they conduct themselves. And there were great great role models there that were fantastic. They all loved to play. We had a great time yeah. playing at the Roosters. Play hard, party hard. But, um, you know, there's so many players. I'm so grateful. And a lot of people say I'm, I'm so glad I was a one-clubman. I'm so glad I wasn't a one-clubman. I couldn't think of anything worse than being a one-club. That means you only learn one system. I learned – you know, as much as I thought I wanted to be one clubman, yep. there's so much I learned about myself going to four different clubs. Different experiences, so,
0: different so characters. So many different experiences, so
1: many different leaderships, different yep. good. I learned so much good and bad as yep. well about myself and about you know business and life and how a club is run. Yep. If you're at the one club, you only know one way. Yeah, that, 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 that is it, it was fantastic true. to learn so yeah. many different things that helped me. You now, footy is just a small period of your life. Mm. But skills, I could tell you things I learned from the Roosters and the Bulldogs and the Cowboys and the Broncos that's helped me be the man I am today. And, and
0: that are applying so many, in... 100%. Yeah.
1: And footy is the best... Sport is one of the best ways to learn life skills at the yeah. highest level because it's only 1% that make it and it pushes yeah. you physically, mentally, emotionally, all those things. So for me, I'm so grateful I played at all those different clubs. Your first of two stops
0: with the Broncos began in 06, three seasons... Was it a more comfortable fit for a burly boy to be in Brisbane and not in Bondi?
1: Oh, definitely for, for being close to family. I'd lived on the Gold Coast as well, which was yeah. which was fantastic. So I just got married. So I, I met my wife when she was fifteen. I was nearly sixteen, and she's a really good girl. Never had a boyfriend before. Didn't want to date till she was sixteen. Never kissed anyone, anything like that. So we became best mates for twelve months. Before she'd even date me. And even when I started dating, I don't think i had bad breath or a few too many zits. But she didn't kiss me for a fair few weeks after we started dating. So the great thing, and that's what makes, I think, so special what we've got together is we are best friends. And so we got married. I I came came to that point where I was down at Roosters and I'm seeing the party lifestyle and, you know, footy lifestyle and I've got this amazing woman at home that I was dating and I'm like, well, do I want to go down the footy path and, you know, probably get myself in a little bit of trouble? There's a fork in the road there, isn't there? Or do I want to do the right thing and be- grow up yep. at a young age? Maybe everyone's telling me, no, don't get married till you're 30, live your life with it. Mm. But I, you know, I, I thought about it, I prayed about it, and got, you know, got the feeling that the right thing was to do is is get married. And it's oh, the best decision I've ever made in my Good life. It was picking my beautiful wife, And We got married. Uh, when we were in Sydney at the Roosters, we went to the Bronx and um, commute. I started commuting up, but also when I signed with the Bronx, most people don't know, I sort of got a bit screwed over with the salary cap. We, me and Wayne, agreed to a salary. I didn't have a manager. We just agreed over the phone what it would be. But he, obviously, I'm way down the list, way way down the yeah. list as a young kid and I've only played eight first grade games but somehow got lost the contract and didn't get they didn't send it to me and I was at the end of the day, I told Ricky I wasn't staying I was going back to Brisbane thought everything was all sweet but there was no money left in the cap when they remembered about it so I went back there on minimum wage minimum wage oh. I just bought you know, bought my second house just got married kid on the way just bought a car I'm like crap minimum wage ain't even going to pay my bills wow so when I went back there I'm like how can I solve this problem
0: This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them.
1: So I met Tony Joseph, who's actually on the board of the Broncos now. Yes. yes, he was just a Broncos fan back in the day, but he worked at the Rockley Markets. Yep. So he offered me a job. I said, "Mate, I need a hand. Like, I need, I need to find some work that works around footy somehow." And he said, "Mate, yep. you can come work throwing boxes of tomatoes around. I can show you the business." And so. I started work at 1am in the morning at Rock Lee Markets in Brisbane. So I live on the Gold Coast, wake up just before midnight, leave at midnight, drive to Brisbane, work from 1am in the morning till about 8 o'clock in the morning, get in the car, go to first grade footy training as a, you know, 20, 21-year-old kid. So that's taught me mental tough- toughness. Yeah, and, I and, bet. And, that, you know, I had one kid in this. My oldest child is on the ASD split not know at the time, but it was mm. a, a tough kid. It was a tough baby and the situations were tough. So I was working really hard trying to cement a first grade footy career, and traveling, you know, essentially an hour and a half up, hour and a half plus yeah. back in traffic, all day in Brisbane, plus working two jobs. So to me, it, that really cemented to me that if I want something, if you're willing to do the work, mm. you can f- you can find your way out of anything. So that that stint at Brisbane taught me a lot of mental toughness, and that you know your brain can push your body to do things that. Most people don't think can be done.
0: Two thousand and six was a remarkable year. A remarkable side. Brisbane would win the grand final over Melbourne. In actually, a cracking grand final. What stands out from the day, Benny?
1: Uh, Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett. The whole week. It's not even just the day. The whole week leading into it. The confidence. We lost every game to Melbourne that year. Leading up to it. Yep. Melbourne dominated. Do you think they had the big three or the big four at Melbourne? They mm. had more than that back then. They. Yeah. had Started the, out in the wings out. Israel Folau Like yeah. the freak that he is You had Greg Inglis Was a young kid coming through You had Billy Slater Cameron Smith Cooper Crong They're, You know There's five names Yeah you know, There's six Like the names The names just, just keep going on. And, and then they the, had a forward Ridiculous. pack That was brilliant now, yeah. now can you remember Who played in In the positions For the Brisbane Broncos That year in the grand final Who was our winger No Carmichael Hunt Who was our fullback Justin Hodges Who was our halfback Shane Perry. Shane Perry. He's
0: one of the great trivia. Now, who, who
1: played the centres for us? No. Nah. David Stagg. So we had a team of mismatched players, a halfback that supposedly everyone said was just a reserve grade halfback. Yeah. But we led, leading into that week, Wayne Bennett is such a great man manager, that going into that week, we've already lost many times. I was a young 21-year-old kid, but we lost every game we played against Melbourne that yep. year. But going into that week and the build-up for that game, going into that game, I knew we were winning that game. As a 21-year-old kid, like, I would be the one that would have the least, you know, the most amount of doubt. Yeah. I knew we were winning that game, that grand final. We wow. were winning by the confidence and the game plan and everything that Wayne did building into it. Now, it's no coincidence he's, he's one of the greatest coaches of yep. all time. The the, the the confidence he's instilled, the game plan that was so basic and so perfect against a team that would you're like, that will work. That will work. Yep. You put – on top of that, you got the incredible forward pack of you know, Shane Webke, Petro Sivanasiva, um, Tony Carroll, um, Brad. Yeah. Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne there as well. Then you got um, Darren Lockyer there, the leadership from yeah. him as well. And it's just like those players around and the way that they were talking and the way that we were all believing and, and what the, the whole week was leading up to be, it was just an incredible experience that, mm. that when we went out there and the way it was executed – Everyone was like, can you believe that just happened? It's like, no, yeah, no we knew it was going to happen. You all knew? Yeah. You know, everyone I spoke to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone, we knew that we believed it so much and we had the game plan. We executed it perfectly. Mm. We, we, we got the job done and it was, it was exactly how we thought it was going to go. It was exactly how it was played out. Wow. Everyone just had to do their role. That's all Wayne asked for us. You don't have to go out and win the game. You just do your role in what's required in the team and you will shine. Just do your role, and the team will get the job done. It's like you see the SAS soldiers. Yep. Now you know there's, you can't the, the tasks they give them is impossible as individuals. Yeah. But what you can achieve in a team, if you all buy into that team, put your egos aside and put the team first, yep. you'll be able to accomplish so much more. And and when that moment, you will shine as an individual even more because you did the team thing.
0: Off topic, off script. Everyone has a unique Wayne Bennett story. What's your go-to? Quirky, funny,
1: angry. I'll give you the biggest spray I've ever got from Wayne Bennett. Beautiful. It nearly ended my footy career. There you go. Did That's it really? Yeah. Yep. He gave me an ultimatum. Yep. So I was over in England. Oh, not England, sorry. Take that back. Sorry. We are over in New Zealand. Mm. Oh, it's 2006. I've only played like three or four games. The first time we played New Zealand, uh, the Warriors over there, and they were big yeah. boys. Their wingers were bigger than our front rowers. Like it was just ridiculous, and they're fast and powerful. Anyway, I'm coming off the bench, uh, prepared for the game, normal, doing my thing. First run, I had a run, and I got hit that hard. The ball popped out, knocked the ball on. My next run later on, a couple of sets later, I, I think I fumbled the ball and dropped. So I had two mistakes in the first the first half. Also, just before halftime, there was a moment where we we're defending our line, and I turned out instead of staying square, and there was a try I scored where I should have been. So three mistakes in the first half. I remember going to the sheds at halftime, like – Oh crap. I'm, I think I'm going to, he might say something to me here. Just sit quietly. I was sitting between, um, sitting, Brad Thorne was next to me. I think Petro was on the other side of me. I'll just, just hide behind these two big blokes and, uh, and hopefully he doesn't see me and just yeah. lets it go. And I'll be all right. He came, well, I've never seen Wayne Bennett like this before. This is the first time I've ever seen him give a proper spray. He came straight, eyes locked with me. As soon as he walked in, he was looking for me, scanning like radar. Did it, did it, got me, boom, straight towards me, just came straight at me. You dumb f- Just gave me An absolute Words I can't say Yeah Gave Absolutely gave me goes I'm going to give you Five minutes To show me While you'll ever wear A Brisbane Broncos jersey Ever again Otherwise you can Get your bags And F off And find your own way home And never play For this club ever again Wow I am just sitting there Going I got five minutes like, Just like And then Brad Thorne Just taps me And goes You'll be right, mate I'm like Really you think i to be right? <laughs> my whole career's wagging on these next five minutes. I could be gone. you like, yeah. this is an absolute – I'm just freaking out the whole time I didn't hear anything else that was said, that that half a footy. But I was like, I deserve the spray, absolutely. Yeah. But it did its job. But I remember coming out after half time, I thought, I'm just going to tuck the ball the my run as hard as I can.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I gave it everything. Just I'd probably focus on running straight and hard, too hard. And I got hit that hard. It nearly – the ball <gasps> bobbled. It didn't oh. bobble, but I felt it not. Yeah. I remember that, that moment as I'm getting up and playing the ball, I, that could have been my footy career. Yep, I could have been hooked. Then that was it. I went on and finished the game. I don't know if we won, or lost it, but I went on and, yeah, you know, made sure I fixed my errors up. And does he kiss good. and make up after a blow-up? Um, I don't remember after that match if it did. But he normally he'll talk to you after, especially the the the, the, the Monday video session after. You yep. might be still cranky after the game, you lose whatever it may be. But yeah, he'd always. One thing, it's not its not just about the spray he gives or whatever. It's, it's what happens next after it. He wants yeah. to make sure you learn from your mistakes. He's, yeah. he's very great at that. But at, at the moment, I don't, all I remember is, the, is okay, oh, the look on his face. In a way, I, I will never forget that. And as a footy player, you never want your coach to look like that, look at you like that ever again.
0: couple of your teammates, Shane Webke, Petro Sivanas, they were such good footballers, great footballers actually, really different human beings. Pet's the nicest man in the world, perhaps. Webby's a grump. He's aggressive 24-7. I he's love him. He's arrogant little
1: prick. I'm yeah. not little. He's a big prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Love we, him though. Love we him love, we love
0: you, Webby, but you are aggressive and you're a grump. He was tough on the young blokes, in oh, particular yeah.
1: young props
0: coming into the game.
1: Do you I'm remember? Glad you brought him up. Glad you brought him up because when I came to the club, that's the first thing I did is I paired myself with him, everything. I didn't even realise I did this. Everything I did that year in 2006, I'm like, how am I going to crack into this Bruins and Broncos team? Yep. Well, you look at the lineup. Front row: Petro, Webby. You got Semi Thider. You got um, the back row. You got Tony Carroll. You got Semi Thider. You got Dane Carlaw, Corey Parker. You've got was David Brad, Stag. Brad Myers. Brad, oh, Brad Myers wasn't there anymore. Okay. But you just look at the list. Just there, Greg Eastwood as well. Yep. Um, all these great. almost a young, twenty year old kid. That's a bit chubby, bit bit fat still. And um, I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to crack this? And things that I learned from when I was younger, I, I've shared stories about earlier, yep. but I thought the only way to be the best is don't hide from it. Go pair yourself with the best at every. The, the number one, Wayne, uh, sorry, Shane Webke was the best prop in the game. Yep. Great. Renowned for it. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? Every time we do fitness skills, whatever, as much as he might not like me or you know, we're not be best friends, yeah. I'm going to pair myself when we do wrestling, tackling, anything yep. it was, I do it with him. And, mate, he's a competitor. The thing I learned about Webby, he wants to win everything. He competes in everything he does. So when we did fitness skills agility, mate, we went at it. When we wrestled, we went at it. If I was beaten, he would flog me at the start of preseason, but by the end of preseason, I was matching with him with a few of these things. And, And if I was starting to beat him, he would do whatever it takes. So if I was wrestling mate next thing my my nuts would be getting squeezed I'd be getting the the squirrel grip I'd get a finger in the eye even stretching it stretched me so hard I'm like mate you're about to snap my hamstring because he didn't care he's like you know what I'm going to push you I'm going to push you to your limits which I'm so grateful for because it taught me Mm. that if you want to be the best don't run and hide or try and separate find the best and go after him Pay yourself with yep. them. You lie with dogs, you get fleas. You have to hang with the best, they're going to rub off on you as yeah. well. So that's what I did. And that year, you know, I played nearly every single game in 2006, Bar I think I got injured for one week. But other than that, I played every game as a 21-year-old kid with a team that was all the Australian and yeah. Queensland pack, and I was, I, was, I was rubbing shoulders with them all.
0: We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal, and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The Weekly Wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full-on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced. Full of footy and laughs. It's a must listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way you won't miss a thing every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.